All right, why don't you all turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, and uh, we're going to have a good time with this series. Um, it's going to be very unique and very different. Just if I just enjoy, I want you to enjoy this series. I, I, I just, uh, we're just going to launch out into the deep. We're going to let our, um, uh, our spiritual, uh, 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 just insight, adventure in the word. Let's just go on a, let's just go on a summer road trip with this, with this series. That's what that's, I'm just kind of in mood for that. And so, um, like I said, a very unique uh, uh, passage of scripture, 2 Kings chapter 4. This particular chapter, I don't know what is about this chapter in my life. I think I could write a book by now in my walk with God from 2 Kings chapter 4. God has just spoken to me over and over again from this chapter in my life. Obviously, it's going to be about the man of God, Elisha. He knew God. He was used by God. Uh, he was used by God in powerful ways and really unique ways. If you ever read um, about his life in the book of Second uh, Kings, it runs all the way through, I believe, to chapter 13. Uh, is, is, are all of his uh, biblical accounts of how God un- used him in such unique ways. He was mentored by Elijah. However, he was very different than Elijah. Even though he was mentored by him, his, his uh, journey and the way God used him was very different. And I find that interesting. And so, you know, he just so many, many things in Elisha's life. Um, there is that story in particular here in Second Kings chapter 4, where it is the story of uh, the Shunammite woman whose little boy dies, and God has just so spoken to my life so many times about that. And, and as I would read the account of that story, there would be a time, there would be a, there's, a, there's a particular verse in this story that I would always sort of read over, but always kind of like there would be something about that verse. You ever have that when you read the Word of God? It's like you read it, and you don't know what it is about that verse. You just kind of have a sense that God wants you to dig into it and, and, be, and take some time and just dig into it and go for it. So let me just read as I get into this series tonight. Let me read to you starting in verse 8 of 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to read verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. Okay, here we go. Now, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that there is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 11, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and lay down there. And so in all my my years with the Lord and reading this passage of scripture, it would be like I would read verses 8, 9, and I would come to verse 10, 
please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table, a chair, a lampstand. So it, so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. It would be like the Holy Spirit would have a flag in his hand, waving a flag at me as I would read through that verse and just keep on going to verse 11, 12, 13, and just get into the story. But it was like the Holy Spirit would just put his flag up trying to get my attention. Rhonda, there's something here. And... um. I've even made notes. Anybody ever keep like a journal when you read the Bible? I don't necessarily journal word for word, but I have like the day I'm reading the Bible. And if something really quickens to me, I'll write that passage of scripture down. And, and I can go back several years in my, in my logs and there will be this verse and I'll write that verse down thinking, okay, God, I'm going to write this verse down and you're going to help me understand what it is, what is it about this verse? But I'd always end up putting a big question mark by that little notation for that day when I would read that passage of scripture, but always kind of sensing like there was going to come a day when God was going to say, I'm going to break this open for you. Anybody ever experienced that in your walk with the Lord? You know, we talk about how much we love the word and how much you want to know the word and how much we want to understand the word. And I just feel like sometimes the, the you know, the Lord and, and the living word, the Lord has this way of just wetting our appetite for the word. And so sometimes he'll just kind of trigger something when you're reading the word and he'll say, just put your finger there. Put a little tab by that because one of these days I'm going to give you some understanding. And so I was, I was debating about what to do for this five Wednesday night series. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's time. It's time. So the text for this series is verse 10. Please let us make us a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. The title of this series that we will be enjoying is The Elisha Room. I've titled it The Elisha Room because it was for Elisha and it was his room and his alone. He didn't have to share this room with anyone. No one used it before he did. It was all intended for Elisha. And when you look at this room and you read the word of God in verse 10, it's a pretty simple room, isn't it? It's so basic. You've got the description of it. I, I just love this. Um, put on your, um, your, uh, you know, your, your spiritual insight adventurous hat and look here. What do you notice about the description of the room right away in verse 10? Please let us make a small, what kind of room? Upper room. Does that not sound familiar to you? The upper room. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Acts chapter 2. They were all gathered together in one accord in the upper room. And any time, oh, hallelujah, any time the Spirit of God can come down where you are, that room, it might be simple and it might be basic, but the glory of God can just transform that place, can't he? Oh, hallelujah. And if you look at this, there's the bed, the table, the chair, the lamp, just the basics. But God works with the basics in our life. He works with the basics of the word in our life. He'll take that basic seed many times from the word 
And he will take that seed of that basic word. And if we will let the Holy Spirit come down and inhabit our life, inhabit our heart, our mind, our circumstances, he will take the basic application of the word of God and he can transform us. And you don't need a whole lot in God. You just need the basics in God and you just need to let the rain of the Holy Spirit come down on that word in your life and you just need to let God be God and just watch and see what he will do in your life with the basic elements of the word of God. You know, God can transform your life with with the most simple word from the scriptures. The most simple word. You can open up the word and all of a sudden, like Pastor Luke was preaching on heaven. He'd been preaching on heaven and hell. And you can open up the word and you can see that word, just that simple word, heaven. And all of a sudden, the rain of the Holy Spirit starts coming down on that simple seed of that word. And he starts triggering and igniting and fueling a passion and a desire. And suddenly your thoughts start turning toward heaven. And suddenly you start realizing, my life on the earth, this is not all there is. There is more to come. The, just the most basic of the word. Isn't that awesome? Some people just love to impress other people with their, you know, their fantabulous understanding of the word. But I just have a real basic relationship with the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And if I will come to him and open up my heart with the word and say, Lord, this is your word. It's not the word of man. It is indeed the word of God. And Lord, I will believe your word. Holy Spirit, do a work in my heart. Isn't that awesome? That's all you have to do. You don't have to get all fantabulous and full of all, all these incredible big words and revelation. I'm not interested in impressing people. I'm interested in being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, lo- and I just love how the Holy Spirit can just take the word. You know, a child can hear the word of God. A child can hear the Holy Spirit speak the word of God into their spirit, and suddenly they can have an encounter with God. You don't have to be a 50-year-old professor in a Bible school uh, to have an encounter with the living word as you read the word. It is amazing to me. You don't have to have all these degrees behind your name for the Holy Spirit to quicken the word to you and give you insight and revelation based on what the word of God says. Isn't that awesome? I love that. This was just a simple room, just the basics. And I'm thankful for that. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care where you've come from. He doesn't care whether or not you've got degrees behind your name. All he cares about is you've got a heart that's open and you just want the Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Change me from the inside out. Give me revelation of how great and how awesome you are. So such a simple room. But this was Elisha's room. It was the place. This this woman in Shunem wanted to make sure that when Elisha came to her town, she wanted him to know, Elisha, you come to this place. I've made this special just for you. And so it was a place where he would come and, okay, give me some feedback here. Based on the simple elements in the room, when he would come into that room, what would he do? sleep. (laughs) He'd stretch out on that bed. 
based on the simple elements in that room, what else do you suppose he would do? Just let your imagination go wild. You know, God's given us an imagination. Yes. He would sit down at that table with that chair. He would light that lamp. It was some kind of a lamp, some, something maybe on a lamp stand, some, maybe some, some kind of a lamp that you would imagine might have been in the tabernacle or something. Who knows? Maybe it was some type of a candelabra. Who knows? But he would light that lamp, and he would pull that chair up to that table, and he would sit down, and he would begin to just, I believe, meditate. Oh, hallelujah. Awesome. Can't you just see him in that room? I can. I can see him in my mind's eye. Glory to God. So it was a place so he would rest and he would sit and meditate upon the Lord. And what else would happen in that room? He would pray. He would pray. He would talk to God. He would get alone with God and just tell God what was on his heart, what was on his mind. Asking God for the things he so desperately needed. Sensing the hand of God upon his life and probably sensing his humanity and limitations and how, how, how limited he was. And he would talk to God and pray. He would get alone with God. This is where he would come. If he would come into this town, he would come to this family's home. He would go into that room and he would spend time with the Lord. That's awesome to me. I want to talk to you just for a moment about this, about this this practice. Do you have a place where you meet with God? Do you have a place? Is it special to you? It's special to my place is special. And I it might be in my my imagination. But I have a room in the house. It's downstairs. Nobody uses it but me. And I, sometimes I have to go into that room and put things away. And I, I, I kid you not, when I walk into that room, I sense the presence of the Lord. I do. Because I have cultivated times with God where I have talked to God. I have spread myself out. There's a bed in that room, as a matter of fact, where I, where I go. And I've got a chair, and I've got a table, and I've got a lamp. And I have spent time in that room, and that room is special to me. And when I walk in there, I can sense the presence of the Lord, even when I'm not in there having my, my time with the Lord. It, it like, it's almost like it gets, it gets sanctified. And I think when that woman, this Shunammite woman, would go into that room and tidy it up when Elisha was not there, I think she would sense the presence of God in that room as he fellowshiped. You know, there was a minister that we used to know. He's gone to heaven now. Uh, but he was uh, quite the man of God, and he had quite the, uh, the legacy of uh, teaching the word. And he wrote many books, and he would travel all over the world and, and teach the word. And his wife uh, told us, we were with them probably maybe, maybe seven years ago, and he passed away not long after that. But his wife said something interesting to us. She said, when I, will, when I go into my husband's uh, special den in, in the house where he likes to go and be with the Lord, she says, sometimes I will go in there, and she says, I'll just bring him a cup of hot tea or something in the morning because he's, he's in there with the Lord. And she says, I, I go in there, and she says, 
I can, I can feel the presence of God in that room. And she says, when he goes in that room and he just starts talking to the Lord and starts worshiping, she says, I can feel the glory of God come down in that room. I hope when I'm talking about these things, you know what I hope I'm doing for you? I hope I'm whetting your appetite to take your place with the Lord and make it filled with the presence of God. Make it sanctified. Make it a place where you can stretch out before the Lord. Lay yourself out before God. Lay all your, lay all your worries, all your thoughts, all your, all your concerns, lay them all out before the Lord. So do you have a place? If you don't, let me give you this encouragement. Make a place. God's not picky. He's not picky. I was talking to a young adult one day, and she said she lives with her family, and they're not, they're just not devoted to the Lord. And she said, so often I have to, I have to just go in my car. And I just sit in my car, and I read the word, and I pray, and I worship. And she said, I just sit there. It's the only place I, I can think of where I can really go and just really be me in God's presence and just be honest with God. And just keep pressing in and praying and worshiping until the presence of God comes down. And I would encourage you in your place that you make, just keep pressing in until the presence of God comes down. Maybe you've got one of those mornings and you just feel dry as yesterday's leftover, you know, bread. And you're in there and you're just kind of going through the motions let me just let me just suggest to you if that's if that was your experience that morning, well, why don't you just go in for a second a second helping later in the day? You know, God spoke to Jeremiah and it says the word of the Lord came unto him, and then if you read later on in that passage of scripture, it says that the Lord the word of the Lord came unto him a second time. God has no trouble with second second helpings. He has no trouble with that. And sometimes if you, if you just feel like your time with the Lord was just as dry as dry could be, and you got up and you just felt like you went through the motions, just, you just made it a priority because you wanted to be faithful, but you just felt like you're just dry still. Well, let me just encourage you, go back for a second helping during the day. I've done that many times. I go into that place where I meet with God and I shut that door. <laughs> I got a special time of the day. I won't tell you what it is because it's just between me and the Holy Spirit. Years, I do not know why. This is just the coolest thing. I love how the Lord is with me. Years and years and years ago, he put a time of the day in my spirit. And he says, I want to I meet with you at this time of the day. I know I met with you in the morning, but I want you to pencil this in, and I want to meet with you on, at this time of the day. And I said, oh, yes, sir, Lord. And when many, many times when I go back for a second helping, I will go in at that time of the day. And it is, it is miraculous to me when I get down on my knees in front of that chair. All of a sudden, heaven comes down. So if you don't have a place, make a place. God's not picky. If that's where you want to meet with God, he'll sanctify it with his presence and an encounter with his Holy Spirit. I've learned this about God. Places are significant with him. They're significant. 
You know, the house of the Lord is a place and is significant to the Lord. A couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning, there was a uh, couple that uh, went over to be a part of Starting Point. And they had um, moved here from out of state, been here just a little while, been attending Cornerstone a little bit, thought they would go over to Starting Point and just learn a little bit more about the church. They weren't really all that uh, ready to make a decision about this being their church. But when they came on Sunday morning, the man said during worship, the Lord spoke to him and said, this is where I want you to be, this house. Because you know why? Because places are significant with God. And God will, God will tell you where he wants you to be. And I am not a believer of these Christians that run from one church to the next. They're over here for six months. They've tapped that one out. Now they're over here for three months. They get bored with that one. Nah, that's not God. Because God, with God, places are significant. And when he puts you somewhere, he puts you there. He plants you there. And so when he, he wants to know you're going to be there, so when he shows up, he can meet with you. You know, you can miss an appointment with God because of a lack of faithfulness. I used to have a preacher years ago back in the 1980s. His name was Maxie Thomas, and he was preaching a series of services one night at our church. And he said this, he says, if you missed last night's service, you missed a chapter out of your life. And I believe that. I believe that. I believe that there are just some appointments in the house of the Lord that if you don't take the house of God seriously and get committed, you are missing chapters out of your life. Because God is writing the story of our life and he cares about where that story plays out. And he's got a place. He's got a place for you. And so I'm talking about the house of the Lord, but I'm also encouraging you in your private place with God. Places are significant with the Lord. Let me read to you something out of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 18, verse 1. I find this interesting. Now, God wants to speak to Jeremiah. And so chapter 18, verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. And I think to myself, well, Lord, why why don't you just tell him right then and there? Why does he have to get up and travel and go to the potter's house? Because God has divine words for you assigned in that significant place. When we come to church, we're not just, we're not just putting in our time. When God says, you, you need to be in the place where I've put you, you can't tell God how and when to speak to you. He tells us. And so he says, Jeremiah, 
I'm going to speak to you, but I'm not going to speak to you until you go to the potter's house. And when you get there, I will cause you to hear your word, hear my words. There is something supernatural about being in the house of God and the anointing falls and the word of God is preached. There is revelation. Eyes are open. Ears are open. Hearts are open. There is an unveiling of the word of God that we are able to hear and receive and be transformed by. And you can't sit at home in your jammies on a Sunday morning all comfy cozy and expect to hear the word of the Lord. You're going you're gonna to have to get up, get your clothes on, get yourself to the house of God so you can hear the word of the Lord. And God gave Jeremiah a miraculous picture at the potter's house. A a. A, a, a prophetic, insightful word for, the, for his people. And Jeremiah was not going to get that being in, being in his comfy, cozy spot where he wanted to be. And so Elisha has this room. It is a significant place. God cares about places. Now, I love this. In this room... Elisha would just be with God. He would just be with God. Because it was just Elisha and it was just the Lord. Now I want to ask you a question. Can you just be with God? Can you just be with God? Um, or do you have trouble with that? Do you ever get before the Lord and it's like your brain is a pinball machine? That thought's going that way. Bing, bang, boom, bang, bang. You cannot get your brain to settle down. And you just, you want to meet with the Lord and you want to focus in on him. And so the the uh, the concept or the invitation to just be it's going to take the help of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? In in this day and age, in the world we're living in, there is so much to to distract your brain. There is so much anymore. It's 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 sick. It is sick. How how our brains are so addicted. To distractions. And something is not healthy with us. But there is something restoring and healthy about being able to just get along with God and just be with him. And Elisha was in this simple little room. No frills, you know, there, there was no TV, there was no internet, there, was no, there were no iPhones to pull up all these things that just come into your brain that you, you, you must check right now. It was very simple and very basic, and he would just get and pray and just be with the Lord. And there is something restorative about just being with the Lord. 
God knows. He understands it. We just, we just feel it. We, we get the, uh, the byproduct of that. But it, it almost like it resets us. It aligns us. It aligns our, our, our attention, our, our peace of mind, um, our ability to walk in peace, uh, to clear your, just to, just to settle your mind down. Just be with the Lord. One time, I put myself on this little, um, this little, uh, I don't know what it was. I just had this crazy desire to do this. I, I just decided I'm going to do something with the Lord. I, I, I did this several years ago and I said, Lord, I, I'm not going to, when I, when I, I'm just going to get a get along with you and Lord, I'm not going to say a word. I, I literally decided for 30 minutes, I'm not going to say a word for 30 minutes. And when I did that the first couple times, it was challenging. You feel like you need to say, praise your name, praise your name. Holy, holy, holy. Is the you feel like you should be doing something. I should be, I should be doing something for the Lord. And I don't know if it was a God thing or where this came from. I just went with it. And I said, Lord, you hear my heart. I can't even put into words what I think I need to ask for. I struggle to even understand what I even need to ask for. So therefore, Lord, I am going to lay myself out before you, and I will trust in the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my heart, my mind, my spirit, and my soul. And I can't tell you what that did for me. And I did this for months and months and months. And when I first started out, I'd be like looking at the clock, you know, mm. Oh, man, five minutes, only only 10 minutes. And then it was like, oh, I was, I was like so thrilled. I remember one day, 30 minutes went by, and it felt like five. Because it was like I was just, I was just being with the Lord. I didn't have to impress him. I didn't have to make sure I prayed about everything on my list. I didn't have to feel how, you know, we're, we're, we're crazy. We, we think when we get with God, we're earning brownie points. Um, I don't know if this is just the rebellious side of me. My husband loves to read the Bible through every year. He's done it for forever. And I don't know why I don't want to do it. And you know why I don't want to do it? And maybe you can appreciate what I'm about to say. I don't want that calendar to become a legalistic brownie point in my life. If I get up in the morning and I happen to be reading 2 Kings chapter 4 and I'm rolling through the verses and I come to verse 10 and the Holy Spirit says, stop right there. And if all I do that morning in my devotions is meditate on 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 10, then that's enough for me. Because the Lord met me right there. So don't 
tell anybody else that I don't read through the Bible every year. It takes me about two years to get through the Bible. I brought my favorite Bible that I love to read. I got this because remember Dr. Cottle would come and teach Bible classes at the church and he loved, he used this Bible. And I said, Dr. Cottle, I said, tell me about your Bible. Well, this is, it's King James, King James version, which I like. And it is a Bible that gives you um, the, the Greek and the Hebrew breakdown of words. This, this puppy must got away five, you know, five pounds. And if you notice, you see all these little flags? You know why I flag all this in my Bible? Because sometimes I'm reading the word and the Holy Spirit will quicken something to me. And if I don't flag it, I'm going to forget it. Sometimes it gives me a promise. And he'll, he'll just say, this is a promise and I want you to ask me for it. Well, if I don't flag it, I'll go three months down the road and I'll forget God had given me a promise. And there are promises in here. And I've said, God, I've not forgotten them. They're right here, Lord. They're flagged, and I've not forgotten them. So this is my Bible when I get alone with God. I hope I'm just, well, I just hope I'm just creating an appetite for you to just, ooh, ah, glory to God. So can you just be alone with God? Everybody look at Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. This is when Moses has an encounter with the Lord. Verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So he's all alone here with God, right? He's all alone with God. Now, Verse 2 and 3, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. Now I'm going to go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. So Moses says, I will now turn aside. But verse 10, it says concerning Elisha, at the end of verse 10, her desire was that when he would come to this room, he would turn in. If you look at verse 11, it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room. Now, there is a contrast here. Between Moses, he turned aside. Elisha turned in to the room. What do you see there? What is the contrast that you see? What is the difference between Moses and Elisha? And it's significant. What is happening to Moses? What is God trying to do in Moses' heart and mind with this burning bush? Get his attention. So God is working in Moses' life in this moment. Try, it's, like, it's like he's got the flag that I talked about earlier. 
He's waving Moses down. He's waving him in. Moses, I'm right here. I'm right here. And Moses doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And God is going to have to keep working and working and working on him in in this moment to finally get Moses to realize this is God. You're having an encounter with God. But Elisha, he doesn't turn aside. He turns. And what does that say to you? What is the difference between turning aside, something's got your attention, and turning into the room? There's a huge difference. Pressing in. Pressing in. Have you ever had the Lord deal with you during the day? You've got your, you've got your place and your space where you're, and it's like, it's like he's wooing you. Come on in here and get down on your knees and seek, and seek my face. He's wooing you. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Does he, or do you fall into the, the, the scenario of Moses where God's trying to get your attention? Or are you more like Elisha? Where you don't, you're not turning aside, you're turning in. Hey, I've had times where I feel the woo of the Holy Spirit to go down in my room and seek the Lord. I've already done that today. Maybe I've already done it twice. And yet here he goes again. I'm like, Lord, I mean, I've, I've got work to do, right? I got work to get down in the house and maybe I'm mopping the floor or I'm doing something and I'm in the middle of that thing. And it's like the Holy Spirit is pressing on me. Put that down and go down and press in. Oh, I pray God does that for you. God knows why we need those moments. He knows why we need those moments. You may not know why you need that moment. I may not know why I need that moment, but God is up to something. Oh, glory to God. Oh, my goodness. If the Holy Spirit presses on you to put down what you're doing and go get in that place and seek the Lord, well, then my encouragement to you is do it. Don't be guilty of a Moses encounter. I don't want to, I don't want to be a Moses encounter. I want to have an Elisha encounter because what we're going to learn from this series is out of, out of Elisha's time with the Lord, you will see a display of God's wisdom and strategies. In Elisha's life. So unique and so different. And I love how God is so unique. And so different. And so, oh my goodness. So, are you like Moses or are you like Elisha? Is God trying to get your attention? Or are you turning in with intention? Are you intentional? When you go to spend your time with the Lord, are you just doing this thing out of routine and habit? Or do you go into that space and into that moment realizing, I am about to go and be with the Lord? Hey, I've had times, I've said this so many times, I've had times where I'm in I'm in my room and in my chair like Elisha would be in his room and at his chair. And I'll just sense the press of the Holy Spirit. Get down off that chair and get on your knees. 
just get on your knees. Because he is worthy. We get too casual. We get too casual with the word and with the presence of God. Because he's with us, he's in us, he's all around us, and we take him for granted. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit just has to come in my life and say, get down on your knees. The ground you are standing on is holy ground. Hallelujah. Are you all enjoying this? I see good looks on your faces. I like that. Now Moses is alone with the Lord. Drop drop down to verses 13 and 14. He asks a real funny question. He doesn't know the Lord's name. He's having this encounter with the Lord, and he, he just says, I, I, I got I to know you. I got, you're going to have to tell me who you are because you're sending me on an assignment, and I got I to gotta know who you are so when they ask me who has sent me, I can tell them. It's verses 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And look at this. God says, I am who I am. Okay. Let's get into this for a second. When Elisha would go and get into his room with the Lord, it was the great I am that he was meeting with. And think about this. I looked that word up. You can define it like this. It means to exist. This is cool. I like this one. It means be. Be. I thought this was pretty fun. Can you go and be with the great bee? There is something divine and restorative about just going and getting in the presence of the I am. And when you are captivated by the I am, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to do anything because he is all in all. I'm telling you, I believe when Elisha would go in that room, the, the, the spirit of God would come down and the I am would fill that room. And he would just, he would just be with God. And it, it might have been a basic, simple room, just a simple bed, a simple chair, a simple table, and a simple lamp. But all oh, the glory of God, hallelujah, the glory of God would transform that room. The, the I am would come and exist in that room. And Elisha didn't need anything or anybody. He was filled to overflowing with the existence of the great I am. Have you ever had a moment with God where you just sense the Lord has stepped into this room and I am overwhelmed with the revelation that he is here? Oh, hallelujah. I've had those moments in my room and I have to get down on my face. I just, I just have to get down on my face and just be. As I... As I am with the great I am, 
He, he, he supersedes all my questions. Suddenly those, those big mountains I thought were so insurmountable, suddenly I realized nothing is too hard for the great I am. He who has always existed, who always is, and who always will be is suddenly in my room. And he can, he can inspire me to believe him for a miracle. When the great I am steps into your room, you never know what he might say or how he might touch you or what he might do for you. There is no limit to what our God can do. Oh, there is no limit. But I believe the great I am came into Elisha's room. Can you just be with the I am? And when you are just with him, can you just let him be who he is? Can you just let him come and magnify himself? That's one of the things the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves to glorify the Father. He loves to glorify the Son. And he will come into that room with you, and he will glorify the name of the Father and the name of the Son. He will surround you with his presence. He will surround you with his glory. He will capture your heart and your attention. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't this marvelous? This is marvelous. He will move in your moment. (laughs) In your finite moment. He who was, he who is, and he who ever will be steps into your and my finite moment. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. And what happens when he who exists, he who has always been, and he who is present suddenly is in the room with you? What happens? What happens? Suddenly, he'll quicken the word to your spirit. It's like, remember the lamp? The lamp that was in the room, remember? Oh, suddenly the lamp of the word of God will will ignite. And suddenly, as you're reading the word, the word of God comes alive. And it it not only comes alive and, and quickens to you, but and not only does it make sense, but it's like God will just dig a deeper furrow of revelation with that, with that word. You know, I looked at that word in, in 2 Kings 4.10 about, about the candle light, the candlestick, the lamp. And I looked that word up in, in my awesome Bible that I love. It sent me on a search, and it led me to a further breakdown of that word. And that word for lamp, the breakdown of that word is yoke. Yoke. God will put the yoke of his word on you, and it will begin to dig furrows in your life. 
And it will dig furrows that are deeper and deeper and deeper. I can remember when the Holy Spirit quickened to me the revelation that I was in Christ. I would read the word and it would say, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ. And I would say, yes, Lord, thank you that I'm in Christ. And there would be moments that he would bless me and give me revelation of that. But then I can remember as I would be in God's presence, the lamp of the word of God would become like a yoke upon me. And I would feel the weight of the word and it would dig deeper furrows in the revelation of my heart. And I have gone from glory to glory in the revelation of that I am in Christ. And nobody can take that revelation from me. And I have a revelation that I know the Lord loves me. As a matter of fact, my husband can get mad at me and I'll, you know, we'll be, we'll make up and we'll be fine. And he'll say to me jokingly, Rhonda, you know that God loves you so much. Even when I get upset with you, you're all right. Oh, hallelujah. That's because the lamp of the word of God has become a yoke upon my shoulders and it has pressed into the furrows of my spirit and it has dug deeper and deeper rows of revelation when it comes to the love of God, who I am in Christ. We will not only have a revelation of that, but God wants to take us from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad the Lord let me minister this series. I'm so glad the time is now. I'm so glad we're all here together for this because I'm having so much fun. And when I, I want to do something, we're going to, we're going to close this lesson out with, with this. Um, whoever is going to work the video screen for us, we're going to play the, the, the video of the song. It's called um, Rest on Us. It's also called Upper Room. Upper Room. And so let's just stand to our feet and let's just make some space in our heart right now with the Holy Spirit. And let's just, let's just enter into this video worship. And I love the words because it says, when he comes down, when he comes down, he fills the room.
give God some praise. Oh, Lord, we honor you. We honor you, oh, Holy Spirit. We ask that you will do a new work in our relationship with you. We ask, oh, Father, that you will cause us to believe you for great things. And Holy Spirit, just come. Just come and fill the private spaces of our life. And we we assemble in this house. Oh, God, we pray that the wind and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come. And you will cause us to hear the word of the Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, you're, you're dismissed.